You want your five-star matches? You want your 30-minute classics? Not me. Big meaty man slapping me. What is good, ladies and gentlemen? This is the Slapping Meat Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Randall Beatley. And uh, it's our Wednesday episode, which is why it's uh, early and not late in the in that the evening. It's early in the morning that I'm recording this and going to post it and publish it. Wednesdays are a free day for me. Um, so I get to... If I had my way, this would be how I would record um, every single episode um, if I had my way, if I didn't have another job I had to attain to, I, I would, my dream situation, if, if I could take this podcast big, would be to wake up, maybe research what I'm talking about that day, uh, record it. I don't edit. This is one take. There's no editing. This is like real for me. That's a big proponent for me too. No, sh- no, like shame to people who edit their podcast, right? But I want this to be one take, as real as it can get. Uh, there's a lot of people who, you know, they record and they they do multiple takes of of different segments until you know they maybe they slipped and said the wrong word, and so they they go and re re redo it I, I that's not me if i make a mistake and say the wrong word well you can just call me a dumbass and and move on um and so this is the big right but if i had my way it'd be like wake up research what i'm uh gonna do my episode on for the day um record um and then publish and then the rest of the day could be like dealing with the other side. I mean, I mean, this is a business. So, you know, professional podcasting, and I understand this, professional podcasting is a lot more business than it is the podcast. And so I, I hope to get to that level one day where my job is do an hour-long podcast or however-long podcast, and then the rest of the day is trying to get sponsorship. Like, that sounds thrilling to me. Even though I don't really want to live off sponsorship, that's a whole other idea. I think it'd be better to build an organic audience that donates to you. To I think that's better because you're then now, behold, instead of being beholden to sponsorship, you're beholden to the viewers. And so if the viewers think the show sucks, well, they leave, and so you do what the viewers want you to do. That's 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 what I want to build as a network um, person. I'll be honest with you. Like If I was handed a billion dollars today, I'd start a podcasting network and I'd bring in some people or I'd at least offer them some some sort of offer to come in and sort of it wouldn't be a business per se where like you're my employee but we would have like a partnership where like you produce you you publish you do your own podcast but we'll we'll be under the same like branch 
and and we will work together and we'll we'll build you know a network together that's sort of the type of thing like i truly believe in this community of wrestle talk uh as, as toxic as it is and i say it's toxic not in the same way that wrestle talk iwc say it's toxic the, the iwc says wrestle talk um, on TikTok, which is Wrestle Talk, not Wrestle Talk. Like I'm not saying T A L K. I'm saying T O K. Wrestle Talk, Wrestle Talk. Um, the people on there and that are the more hardcore, like people, will say it's toxic because of people like me who critique everything and and who challenge people's opinions. But that's just how you have conversation. That, that's how you have conversation. Right, you have an opinion. You're, you, I don't like your opinion, so I give my opinion on your opinion, and we 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 discuss your opinion. That is literally the foundation of conversation and discussion. But what the, a lot of the IWC wants, and I shit on them so much, but it's because they give me a reason to have to shit on them. They. They what they want is a community of people who agree the same way, and that's not productive. That's not that's not good. If everyone thinks the same way, the product gets stagnant. Oh, you have to cheer for this. No, you don't. I don't have to like what you like. You don't have to like what I like. We all have the right to our opinions. Say what you want to say, but if your opinion is dumb or your opinion doesn't make sense and it disagrees with mine. Let me, let's discuss our opinions. That's the whole idea of community, right? Is to bring people of different opinions together and to live in, in, in the idea that we may disagree, but we still enjoy the product in some way, shape, or form. And so I would literally create a community where I would have creators of all all backgrounds and all wrestling beliefs and, and, and our community goal would be, let's talk wrestling. And you may see it differently than I do, but we're going to sit here and discuss it. So so th- this is the long intro, a long tangent that has nothing to do with what we're talking about today. Um, but it, my dream job, and then I've thought about it. Everyone thinks about what are they going to do if they win the lottery, right? I saw the post on Facebook the other day. If you were handed a billion dollars, would you continue working? Um... And the, my, my, answer, my answer simply is yes, but not in the way people think of. Like, I'm not going to continue working the job I have now, but I will definitely create my own business. I work for me and to, to provide for me whatever family will come from that. You know, I'm, I'm still, you know, young single, no, no kids, you know, I'm, I'm, so if family come, family come, but I want to provide for me, but also provide for other people. And so create a partnership of people in the wrestling community who, who have a true love for not just wrestling, but for, in first place, like, like truth, not being shady, right? But a love for podcasting, like I love doing this. This is why I do it. I don't podcast to... like. I'll be honest. I'm not podcasting to get famous. I have a podcast because it's an area 
of my life that one, I like to do this. It's fun. It's a hobby for me. I can sit here and, and give my opinions and people may or may not listen to them. I, that's why I do this for, I don't do it for the followers. Um, and all of that. I love this. And, and, and I know people have always said, you know, I don't want to do what I love as a job, right? You know, maybe your, your hobby is like, oh, I like to, to make t-shirts for people, but you know, I don't want to do that as a job because I feel that if it becomes a job that I'll lose interest in it. And that's not me. I want to do this as a job. In fact, I consider this like a second job that doesn't provide any income, but, but could potentially provide income in the future. Um, and so everything that I do, I try to do this the best of my ability. Um, and again, this has nothing to do with the show today, but uh, uh, if I won the lottery, if I was handed a billion dollars today, that that's what I would do. I would build a podcast. I've sat here for years, basically, having conversations with myself. Oh, I would get into this business, or I would open this business, or I would open a restaurant, or no. It, it, it'll be really simple. If I got a billion dollars, that's more than enough capital to set up, hire some people to build a, a podcast network completely self-funded and, and donations are accepted by viewers and listeners. That's what I would create. And, and then I would go to other creators and we would form. You wouldn't work for me. I wouldn't like, like, so in the industry, in the entertainment industry, in order to make it on a network, you essentially have to sell your show to the network. Right, so so you y'all may not be political, but I this is the most current example, um, and I'm not going to get political. This, I guess, I'll give a trigger warning. This does have to do around conservative p- politics. These the people I'm going to mention are conservative, but I'm conservative, so this is why I know of this example. Daily Wire and Stephen Crowder were in talks, and now it's blown up in the conservative circles, and Stephen Crowder essentially didn't like the contract. And so the contract got exposed and those contracts that daily wire exposed that they offered are typical of the industry that they are in the entertainment um, industry. Cause at the end of the day, it's all entertainment, right? Whether it's music, podcasting, uh, being a music, there it's the industry is entertainment or right. And so most of the time, the, the networks are going to offer you basically to sell your show for large sums of money. Um, and essentially you, in the words of the owner of Daily Wire, you become a wage slave while you're building your brand. And then when your contract's over, you can take your brand with you, but they get to keep the product that you made for them and they get the merchant. Like, so, for example, in this instance, Steven Crowder, who is the biggest conservative political commentator in the country by far hands down was offered over four years 50 million dollars now any person in the world would probably take that shit if i was offered 50 million dollars for for a show, for my podcast fuck yeah like like honestly that the first thought would be like okay let's take it but you gotta understand steven crowder that was completely that was a completely low-balled offer with the, uh, with the earning potential that Steven Crowder will earn the Daily Wire. And what I mean by that is Daily Wire will more than likely see 
just from subscriptions to the Daily Wire for Steven Crowder's show, $30 million a year. So where he's getting paid $12.5 million a year, he and understand that that's not just him getting paid. That's his budget for his entire staff because Steven Crowder would still have to produce his own show. So he would still have the 25 to 30 staff members. And so that 12.5 is covers production costs, health care, paying your employees. So at the very end of it, Steven Crowder gets very little money out of it per year. Right? Where at the same time, he's giving Daily Wire 30 million dollars potentially like I believe that he'll have 300,000 subscribers join that aren't daily wire subscribers join daily wire just to watch Stephen Crowder I think that happens if that deal got through and I and I say this as a anyone who's listening if you are a podcaster learn how to learn what the contracts are saying they're they're more than likely they're going to they're going to offer you a large sum of money that's a under a pr- under value of what you will potentially earn them um and then they own your show they get to do whatever they want in terms of marketing they make most of the money and and merch sales and all of that and they own you and so i want to remain independent so that's anyway this is too long of a, a, a segue. What we're going to talk about today is something that I've already done an episode on, but we're going to do it a little differently. And I'll be honest, this wasn't an original idea, but uh, I want to say it was Monday. Uh, Notorious Nerdy D, who is, I'll be honest, going back to what I just talked about, he would be one of the creators, if I had a billion dollars, that I would offer to form a partnership with. He has a listener base. It's small, but it's growing. And hes I think he's doing a fantastic job with what he's doing. Um, he's in the phase right now of his podcast. And, and, and I thoroughly enjoy this, where he's experimenting. with and see, Let's just throw everything at the wall, see what sticks. I love it, right? I'm not that brave. I don't, and I'm not that creative, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, he's, he's learning animation. I'm not going to try to tackle that, but I love it. Um, so big props to you, Nerdy D, if you listen to this. Um, but this is a notorious Nerdy D. Uh, and again, go check him out. He, uh, his YouTube is um, Casual Wrestling Community on YouTube. Um, and he, uh, on Monday, him and his wife, Lauren, level up Lauren, which... Mm, Lauren kind of don't like me at the moment because of Friday's episode where, so they do like a 10 questions type thing where you get 10 questions to guess who the superstar is. And, uh, well, they took my suggestions and made, and made it tougher for her. That, that, that's down the line. So, again, I apologize, Lauren. <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, no. Um, I, I mean, I do apologize. I really do mean that. But I don't. I didn't want to make it that hard for you. I figured that it would... At least make it more entertaining, which it does. I'll be honest with you. I laughed that entire segment. Um, but um, so him and him and his wife Lauren on Monday did um, basically a, a a draft, basically where he picks five, she picks five, they go back and forth, and you can't pick the same five. 
and their topic was best active finishers. Now, if you go down to, I think it's episode 13 of this podcast, back in September, I did a episode titled Top Wrestling Finishers or Top Finishers in Wrestling or something like that. But I think I did, I think those included finishers of all time. So this episode is going to be different in that I'm only going to choose five uh, finishers. Um, I'm going to choose my five, explain why I like them, and that's going to be the show. Um, typically, this would be like a Wrestle News Wednesday type thing, but there's just no news out there. I'll be honest. Like, there's no relevant wrestling news, like, out there. Like, you can search the sites, and it's like, I could tell you how big of a deal it is that Kota Ibushi is a free agent, that New Japan uh, confirmed his release, but this, ep- like, like, but this isn't for the hardcore fans, right? This is a podcast for the casual fans. And how many casual fans know who Kota Ibushi is? Like, I mean, it's a big deal. He's probably going to AEW. He has some, co- he has some GCW, which is the Nick Gage show, the the blood, the death fucking match show, basically. Um, he has some some uh, matches for them coming up, but he's more than likely going to AEW, so it's not that big of a deal at the moment. Um, maybe at all, because I mean he'll go to AEW, he'll be booked pr- pr- predominantly. At the top of the card because he is a friend of the elite and probably, you know, gets a North America or not North American, what do they call it? The TNT champion, the, the mid card, he'll, he'll get the mid card belt um, and and that'll be that or he'll tag with Omega or something like that. Right. So um, this is nothing out there in the news category. Um, like, like one, I was searching right before I started recording and like one of the articles is like, William Regal says that R- William Regal reveals one time in Egypt, he was held at gunpoint. Who the fuck cares? Let me do a little rant on these, these, this wrestling, who the fuck cares? Like who is actually giving a fuck that William Regal was held at gunpoint? Congratulations. You want a fucking cookie? Like who cares? That's why I hate these wrestling news sites. And, and so I'm going to move on. If there's big news, we'll talk about it. But there's nothing really big. Um, the biggest thing that I really could think of is the about you know Pat McAfee and his how, how, how late in the game McAfee agreed to come in. And they actually had Mac, like it was that, that reaction was 100% genuine from Graves and um, Michael Cole, that like literally Pat McAfee did not land in San Antonio till 20 minutes before the Royal Rumble. Um, and so, the well, first off, the fact that he got there in time is crazy. Like, but yeah, I mean, but that's like the biggest news story to me. Um, so we're going to do these drafts on maybe a draft or just this Wednesday is going to be like a free day where I just get to do whatever the fuck I want to do. Right. Whereas Monday, Tuesday and Friday, are, we're reviewing the show. Wednesday is going to be a free day. What am I what do I want to do? Right. So. Um, and then Thursday, like I said, we're off Thursday, um, which I'll, I'll go ahead and plug it. I'm doing another show uh, where I'm hosting with a, four other buddies of mine. Uh 
starting February 16th, um, our show, The Calling Audibles Podcast, um, will be um, will be live on Facebook, and then we'll post the live video on Spotify. We'll post the video on Spotify, and it will go audio everywhere else once I get that part of it set up. I'm using a different host site for that app um, so that I can get the video on Spotify. Um, and so I have to have an episode posted before I can post the RSS feed to everywhere else. And so February 16th will be the first episode. We'll be live on Facebook. I may try to get it live on some on YouTube or something so that y'all could go and watch it. But y'all can just go find me on Facebook. Um, or maybe I'll create a page for it. Um, I haven't really thought of that side yet. I don't even know if it'll be on Facebook totally. I might do YouTube. I haven't decided yet. Um, more than likely Facebook, right? Uh, we're, we're, we're weeks away. We're 15 days away. So I got a little bit of time to figure that out. But, uh, anyway, so yeah, February 16th, our first episode, and that's where I will be spending my time Thursdays, um, on my nights on Thursdays. Um, so yeah, so Wednesdays are gonna be free day. So let's do this draft. Let's get this. Let's get this underway. We're we're what ten minutes into this, twenty minutes into this, and uh, so I'm recording this on like GarageBand, and so I can't see how long it's been. All I see is how many like beats it's been, and we're like six hundred and fifty uh, beats into or it's not it's not beats, but like bars. I don't know exactly the musical term. Um. We're like 650 whatever units of this is into it. So I know it's long because a typical episode that's like 45 minutes is like 1,500. So we're about a third of that. So we're what, like 15 minutes into this and I haven't even started yet. I'm sorry. I'm long-winded and I like to go on rabbit trails. Anyway, let's go in. What are my top five current finishing moves and again this is an idea from notorious nerdy d go check out his video go check out him and his wife's draft they also in that episode do a fast food menu item draft which is fantastic that's a good idea right i wish you know if i can get some co-host on here or some other people these would be these, these would be some of the ideas that i would i would do like hey let's let's just talk random shit right um so I'll go with I'll go with mine. So number one, without a doubt, is the RKO. Um, it's the perfect finisher to me. Um, it is the perfect finisher. And what I mean by perfect finisher is you can do it anywhere. Like they literally say out of nowhere for a reason. It's literally one of the only finishers I can think of that no matter the setup, the RKO can happen. And you can do it virtually anytime, any place. Um, and it's just it's quick. It's a quick snap move, and and it literally finish it could finish a move. But I also like moves that are realistic, and I think this would realistically finish you, right? Um, and so the RKO, I think is with how fast and literally be done wherever. I think it's the best finisher and I'm counting Orton as active, even though we haven't seen him in a while. I hope he's getting better. I haven't heard any news about him since like November. 
Um, but I hope I hope he's getting better. I, I, I miss Orton on the show. I really do. So my number two finisher. So we got RKO at one. My number two is The End of Days by Baron Corbin. It's the only thing about Baron Corbin I like. I don't like the gimmick. I don't like the anything else about Baron Corbin but The End of Days. This is the the second best now. Like, one of the best finishers, right? It's legit. It's super protected for a reason, and so maybe that's part of the reason why I like it. But I, I legitimately could see it being a move that will finish you. If you got fucking end of days in real life, I think, like, with actual force, I think it would finish you. It's, it's, this is another one where, like, you could kind of, you can't do this anytime, anywhere, but depending on the setup, like, this is one of the ones where, you know, someone's coming off the ropes and maybe trying to close on you, you catch them, end of days. Someone's coming off the top rope, you catch them, end of days, right? Or you could actually do a setup. Where maybe they're they're out, you pick them up, you throw them, they come back, rebound, you catch them, and end of day. Like, it's one of those moves where um, it's fun, it's quick, it's legitimate, and I love it. Number three um, is a spear, but I have a caveat for the spear. The only ones that I like are from Roman Reigns, Bobby Lashley, and Charlotte. Now, Charlotte doesn't do the spear all that much anymore. Um, but Charlotte has one of the best spears in the in, in the game. Roman, to me, has the best with all the setup and everything that goes into it. And then Lashley's. Lashley's is unique because he sort of, like, rolls out of it. Um, after he sort of hits it and then, like, tucks and rolls. Um, and so I do like Lashley's. It's... I don't like when, like, like Edge, to me, his spear is, it, it's not realistic to me. Because he's, like, what, 250 pounds, not very muscular. I mean, he's j- kind of jacked. But, like, in his peak, Edge was, like, small. And this isn't anything against him. But Roman's jacked. L- Lashley is jacked. Like, if I got a spear from Edge, I think I maybe could get up from it. If I got a spear legitimately from Roman Reigns or Bobby Lashley, I think I think that, that that would break some ribs. I'd be out on the ground, and i need an ambulance to leave. <laughs> um, and then with Charlotte, like Charlotte couldn't spear me, and it hurt. But, like, against other women... Charlotte, and she's really one of the only ones I, I know in the women's division that does a spear that I can think of right now. But I, it's it legitimately, I think, could finish a, a normal-sized woman because of Charlotte's athleticism and her size and her ability. And she is kind of jacked. right? So many people hate Charlotte. I, I think Charlotte gets so much unnecessary hate. But So there's number three. Number four may not be one you guys know. It is an NXT finisher from a wrestler named Sol Ruka. It is known as the Soul Snatcher. Which, first off, what a fucking name. I love creative names like this. Like, there's so many finishers that don't have names or don't have creative names. Um, so, for example, like um, Montez Ford does a frog splash as a finisher. And he gets some height on that pitch. And it's one of the best frog splashes currently. It would be on this list, potentially, if it had a name. I'm not going to call it a frog splash. Like, the spear is a spear. Now, could 
Now, like, the spear name works for Roman because it fits the tribal theme. Could it have a different name for Lashley? Could it have a different name for Charlotte? Sure, but a spear is a spear, right? It's That's already the name for the move. Um, But Soul Snatcher, what a fucking name. Now, if you haven't seen it, she essentially is on the second, the middle rope, um, does, like, she jumps off the middle rope, like, backflips, and then cutters, does a cutter to the opponent, and it's sort of like an RKO, kind of, in that way, where I think, depending on the setup, and now Soul Ruka is a former gymnast, so I don't necessarily think the ropes are needed, like, I feel like this could be one of those moves where, like, if they're outside the ring, she, she's standing on the barricade, she could backflip off the barricade and hit you with it. Or, like, I'd like to see a... Uh, now, I don't know if I'd actually like to see this, but I can picture WWE doing, like, a, a backstage brawl and they're standing on top of one of the production trucks. Like how in the video games, like, you can climb up the production trucks and do a finisher off the top of the truck. Like, this is one of those things where I, I can see, like, she climbs up on the... The, the production truck does like a backflip. Now, this would require a lot of practice and, and timing where she does like a backflip off the production truck and hits the cutter and dot, that destroys her opponent. But it's called the Soul Snatcher. Go and look it up. Soul Ruka's slowly becoming my favorite wrestler active right now. Just, ah, I love her. Like, and that sounds weird. But it's not like I stalk her. and No, I'm not, it's not like that. I just like her character. I like who she is. I like her athleticism. I, she represents what wrestling is to me. Right? And, and I, I love uh, her finisher. It, it's great. Um, and I hope for big things for her in the NXT world. And then number five, we'll, we'll, I talked about legitimate finishers. And this probably is the most legitimate finisher in the game. Which, which which props it up. It's the curb stomp from Seth Rollins. Anyone takes a curb stomp, you're you're at least dazed for a three count. More than likely, you're dead. Right? If you get a legitimate curb stomp, you have a broken skull, probably dead, internal bleeding. Like, if you actually got curb stomped, like, it would hurt. And you would probably be in the hospital. And that's what, like, like, so that's what makes the move a finisher to me. Like, so many people, like, the super kick's not a finisher. Because I could take a super kick. If you super kick me, right, I'll probably wake up. And I'll probably be okay. I might be concussed. But I'll probably be okay. Um, some of these moves, like, some of these submission moves, and you're probably, like, like, the arm bar's realistic. But I don't like submission finishers. Because to me, when I think of submission, I think of MMA, martial arts, UFC. And if I wanted to watch a submission, because everyone and their mom knows the move may hurt, but they're not going to actually pass out. There's not a lot of pressure applied in a lot of these submissions, right? It's a whole bunch of acting. On it, which is fine. That's what the business is all about. But if I wanted to see legitimate armbar, I'd go watch MMA. If I wanted to see someone get choked out in a Kimura or a triangle, I'd go watch UFC. 
like I like these big eclectic moves that are that take a lot of setup and the RKO, the stomp, like these these moves that would literally finish you, like Mortal Kombat style. Like an arm bar, like you could break their arm, but they'll be fine. And they may tap out to end the match, but they'll be fine. But like if you took a curb stomp in real life, you're gonna fucking die. And it's that suspense of disbelief that, that, you know, this person could take a curb stomp and not die. And that's what makes them, right? That's what, what I wish they would use that scene for. Like, to build someone. Seth Rollins curb stomps them. And instead of dying, they get back up on their feet. That's a big deal. Right? That's a superhero move. If you get up from an actual curb stomp without severe damage. Right, so yeah, so those are my five. So RKO, end of days, spear when done by Reigns, Lashley, or Charlotte, the Soul Snatcher from Soul Ruka of NXT, and the Curb Stomp from Seth Rollins. Um, and there's a lot of other ones. Like I said, Montez Ford's Frog Splash is great. If it had a creative name, probably could have been on the list. Um, I the uh, to me. Wrestling should be fun, it should be creative, it should be entertaining, and just seeing, oh, and here's a frog splash, well, yeah, well, everyone can do a frog splash, what makes yours different, right? The people's elbow is a boring-ass fucking finisher. It sucks. It's not a finisher, but it has a name. It's called the people's elbow for the people's champ, the rock, right? And and, and he sets it up, and it's fun, and it's entertaining, and and anyone else can do that same move but and not have any success. But because it's done by The Rock and because it's the people's elbow, same thing with like The Rock Bottom. It's a typical slam. But The Rock does it. And Becky Lynch does a modified edition of it too, by the way. Um, but when The Rock does The Rock Bottom or Hulk Hogan's leg drop, his leg drop is so powerful that it can finish you, right? It doesn't have to be complex, it just has to represent the character and be built. And, and I wish, while we're talking finishers, can we protect them? The problem with finishers now is 99% of them don't finish the match. And that's why like a, a lot of times I don't know what people's finishers are. And, and, and WWE, WWE's done this little trick. If you've ever noticed like the tail of the tape that they do on some of these superstars, they don't call them finishers anymore. Everything's now just a signature move. Because it used to be you had your signature. Like if you ever play the video game, right? You would you you had to do a signature move to get your finishing move, right? Um, and that's how the setup used to be. Like with John Cena, it used to be the the five knuckle shuffle, which was the signature move, and then it turned into the F. Um, well, it used to be the FU, but became the AA for obvious reasons. <laughs> Um, and so it would be the five knuckle shuffle, which I think they changed the name to like the, you can't see me or whatever. Um, because again, five knuckle shuffle isn't quite PG, but it was the five knuckle shuffle. Uh, like everyone knows what that move is. And then it turns into the AA, right? And so we don't really get that much anymore right now. Roman Reigns does it's Superman punch and then spear or, Guillotine is his submission name, I think. 
um, which is a decent finisher. Again, I'm just not a big fan of submissions. Um, but a lot of times, we don't have finishing moves anymore. Right? Because, I, honestly, I don't know why WWE doesn't do it, but I wish we would protect finishers. Where if you got hit with a curb stomp, unless you're Brock Lesnar and you can, you're a beast and you get out of it, if you get hit with a curb stomp, you should be done. If you get hit with the end of days, you should be done. Excuse me. But for the for ninety nine percent of the curbs of, of end of days hit up until what was it last WrestleMania? It's about a year ago when McIntyre kicked out of it. He was the first ever person to kick out of the end of days, which makes that mean a lot more, right? So when you protect something, when someone finally kicks out of it, it makes that moment mean more. It makes Drew McIntyre look better. And now, I don't know what they're doing with Drew, but he's just floating around doing nothing. You know, banging bros with with Sheamus. Uh, but, um, but, yeah. So those are my top five finishers. Let me know what you guys think. Find me on TikTok and on Twitter at Wee2Deep413. That's W-E-T-O-O-D-E-E-P-413. I will see you guys on Friday. Have a great Wednesday. Have a great Thursday. I will see you on Friday after SmackDown. I can't wait. What's Roman going to do? What's the bloodline going to do? Is Sammy going to show up? I'm really hyped for this episode of SmackDown. Um, but So we will definitely have a review there. Hopefully it's a better review than my Raw review. Um, but I will see you guys then. Have a great rest of uh, your day. See you Friday.